A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. December 7th, 2020. Cotton candy. Thermal setting plastic. Wiley Post. Otis Redding and Advent. This is awesome today. Awesome Today is a daily show, even though it technically isn't every day. It is barely edited and sometimes offensive. It is a good show. Some might even call it awesome. If you are friends with someone who doesn't think this show is awesome, you deserve better friends. Hello? That was a question. Yes, <laughs> a it was. And you caught me mid-belch, so I was, it wasn't out loud. I mean, I had the courtesy to hold it in, but I, I couldn't talk. I, I was held captive. My hello was like I was answering the hello? phone. Hello? <laughs> Is anyone out there? Help! This guy's had me captive for months. <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome's bullshit. I hate him. <laughs> Does that all feel accurate and true? Not a bit. Okay. Not a bit of it. Except for the part where I did <laughs> say hello <laughs> in a very strange way. <laughs> I don't know what came over me. Well, sometimes things happen. Yes, exactly. Well, it is December 7th. Mm-hmm. Words and things. Fairy floss. Yes. Candy floss. Mm, I love that candy floss right between the teeth. Yeah. Heated sugar spun into fine strands, blown into fat puffs, and twirled onto paper sticks. What is this sorcery? I believe it goes, the common name goes by cotton candy. That is what we would call it today. Okay. Excellent. Well done. You win the medal of, I don't know, something. But it is Happy National Cotton Candy Day. Yes. Well, Happy National Cotton Candy Day to you. Indeed. Cotton candy dates back at least to the 1400s. How? So I didn't dig... In depth, yeah. what I, I just saw in passing, they'd mentioned, hey, 
yeah, it dates back that far, but it was it was not easy to make back then. I Very can... laborious, and it was reserved for the wealthiest of yeah. people. Okay, okay, that tracks, because from the cotton candy machines I've seen at the mm -hmm. local county fair, they, well, they rely on electricity and yeah, other yeah. things like that. Well, and interestingly, you bring up both of those things, okay. one machine and two fair, okay. because it was in 1897 that two men co-created a machine that would spin cotton candy. Mm. These two men, John C. Wharton, who was a confectioner, and William Morrison, who was a dentist. Uh oh this does seem a bit suspect. I smell a conspiracy. But I'm going to roll with it for now. All right. In any event, with their machine, they entered, or attended rather, the 1904 World's Fair, selling cotton candy under the name of Fairy Floss. Mm -hmm. At 25 cents per unit, they sold 68,000 boxes. It was a hit. Mm -hmm. In today's dollars, they made a little over half a million bucks. Wow. That's a lot of spun sugar. Not a bad gig. Plus, the dentist just stimulated his own business. You he know he did. taking money on the front end, the back end. He may have, in fact, been the model for our U.S. government system of taxation. Oh, my. Yeah. He was also handing out business cards with the, yeah. with the stick. Yeah. There. Actually, uh... He's a little. He was a little quicker, as I recall. Henry Ford and I had stepped through uh -huh. and checked things out, and literally right as people took their first bite of cotton candy, he punched him in the mouth and knocked a tooth out. Whoa! And, was, and double charged him. That definitely feels aggressive. Very efficient. Yeah. Very efficient. Didn't even need a chair. No. Okay. So here we are. Um. Yeah. Celebrate. Uh. Either go find some cotton candy, though, man. Unless you find. It made. You know, I don't think you want to buy it online. That's not the same stuff. Mm -mm. But if you can find some and you want some, get it. If not, maybe just take a, a hot minute to remember the first time you yourself ever enjoyed cotton candy and offer up a thanks to Mr. Horton and Mr. Morrison and then punch yourself in the mouth and knock a tooth out. You could. You know, here's a couple of thoughts. You nope. could tie... A string around your tooth and around a soccer ball and <laughs> kick the crap out of the ball? You haven't done that, have you? No, but I, my dad tried to talk me into it when I had a loose tooth as a kid. <laughs> had nothing to do with cotton candy, just <laughs> loose tooth solutions. It's interesting to me that National Cotton Candy Day is in December. Cotton candy feels like a summer treat to me, mm. like it's more... See, I'd go early, early mid-fall because okay, of even carnivals that, and sure. fairs. That's yeah. when, that's when, at least where I grew up, carnivals and fairs usually happened at that time of year. I can even track with that. But December just feels, it feels like cotton candy mm -hmm. kind of got a little shuffled off to a, a rando day in December. That's fair. Maybe, maybe it's because it was originally, um, what they call it, fairy floss. Maybe something to do oh. with fairies brought it closer to... Christmas. Christmas time? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. There were no fairies at the nativity that we're aware of. <laughs> that we know of. Yeah. I mean. They're not called by name <laughs> or direct reference. No fae folk there. No. Um, I, hot take, I don't, I don't really like cotton candy. Okay. You know why? The primary reason? I don't. It is so freaking sticky. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean it's, it's just basically just pure sugar. sponge sugar. 
<laughs> I just, on a sensory level, the payoff of just, I mean, it's, it is a nice sensation as it dissolves in your mouth, mm-hmm. but the sticky that's left on your fingers and then if you're cleaning up a child who's been eating it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like maybe parenthood has ruined cotton candy for me. That's maybe the, the bigger reality. Here. I just had a vision of a child with a cotton candy sticky face that had been playing in the sandbox. And oh, gosh. Sand cake to his face. That's a skeevy thing, isn't it? That feels terrible. Um, I had something else. What was I going to... Oh, oh. On uh, if, you're, if you're interested in this kind of thing, there is a fellow on the YouTubes who makes wine. Or at least did one time and recorded it and put it out there, out of cotton candy, and swore up and down it was really good. Um, from the from the uh, chemistry side of things, all you need is sugar that your yeast can eat mm-hmm. to ferment and make alcohol, so it's a perfectly viable thing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I don't think I want any, but it's there. Yeah. It's there. It is. It Do is. you want not the next one, but the next one? Okay. Okay, then I'll take this little... This little putsy one here in between. All right. 1909. Mm-hmm. Leo, I'm guessing it's either Bakeland or Beekland. Okay. Is how you would pronounce it. Um, it would depend on where he's from. Or yes. Where his people hail from. Uh-huh. Um, but he patented Bakelite, which is the first thermosetting plastic. Uh, anybody roughly you and I's age probably has a grandparent that had some Bakelite. Oh yes, absolutely. This yeah. was the, the sparking the birth of the plastics industry. This is fa- this is very fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Going back to 1909. Yes. The heater just kicked on and I'm already about to pass I, out. I was going to offer to turn it off. Entertain the people while I Yes. As we this. all think back to our yeah. favorite Bakelite plates and products and we thank leo for bringing plastic into the world or should we thank him i don't know yeah i think so there's an awful lot Mm -hmm. of stuff now made from plastics that have changed our world in a very positive way that's a very true point okay buckle up this is just it's not a full buckle it's not a full buckle you could just hang on to like the the door handle, like the <laughs> the handles, not the door handle, but the handle built in yes. above your head that you'd yeah. use to help yourself in and out of the car. Yeah. Just hang on to that. Hang on to that. Because this is, I don't know why I even said buckle up, except that for the ending of this, you're going to want to buckle up. Oh, come on. 1934, Wiley Post discovers the jet stream. I don't exactly know what the jet stream is. You know what a you know what currents are in the ocean, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing exists at high altitude mm. in the air, but not with water, with okay. actual air. And when you position yourself within the jet stream, you can both speed up and be more fuel efficient. Okay. That is why planes travel certain routes when possible to take advantage of the jet stream. Of the jet stream. Mm-hmm. Okay. Today I learned. All right. Well, Wiley himself was an interesting man. He was born in rural Texas. Yes. Corinth, which I believe is now a ghost town. Really? Mm-hmm. Is that East Texas? Oh, gosh. No, put Dallas me on the area. spot. Um, I think it's... I can't remember. Where's Where's Van Zant? Because I feel like Corinth is pretty close to I, Van Zant. I have no idea. That's not a major city either. I can't remember exactly I where. I, my Texas geography is a little rusty. Yes. 
Mine too, even though I, like Wiley Post, was born in Texas. Yes. Not rural though. No, Houston, big city. Born in the heart of downtown big Houston. Big city mama. That's right. Well, anyway, Wiley Post, born in rural Texas, his family moved to Oklahoma when he was five with only a sixth grade education under his belt. He saw his first aircraft at, guess what, a county fair. That's All right. roads lead to the county fair today. That's right. He may have even eaten some cotton candy. Probably did. gently caressed the fuselage. <laughs> <laughs> well, this inspired him to enroll in and attend an automobile and aviation school in Kansas City. Which apparently only required a sixth grade education to enter. It's a different world back then. Well, everything was up to date in Kansas City, though. Never forget. Do what now? Everything's up to date in Kansas City. No idea what you're singing. I've never heard this. From the musical Oklahoma? Um, I can't honestly claim that I've watched with attention the entirety of that musical. Are you familiar with our state song? I know Oklahoma because okay. that's kind of a big scene. Yeah. And then the whatever song about the carriage something Surrey with the yep. fringe on top or something. Yep. Mainly because I wanted to throat punch the guy singing it. Still do a little... He's dead, though. It'd be a, I'd have to dig pretty deep to get that accomplished. It's not worth it now. They're coming to take away your Oklahoma card. Fine. I wasn't born here. <laughs> I'll surrender it easily. Yeah. In fact, I'll mail it in. Just email me where you'd like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, my stupid joke about Kansas City didn't land with you. So moving on. During World War One, he enlisted to become a pilot, but Germany surrendered before he could complete his training. Thanks, Germany. Way to go, Germans. Yeah. From there, he went to work as a roughneck in the Oklahoma oil fields. Out there doing the roughneck work. His neck was all rough. <laughs> and there was oil. When he when that work slowed down, as work in the oil fields it is prone to do. very cyclical. Yes. Uh, he turned to... Well, to armed robbery, folks. Yeah. That's just yeah. the truth of it. He was arrested and he served a year in prison. When he was released, he went back to work in the oil field until an accident claimed his left eye. And, and as I gathered, the accident itself didn't take the eye, but his eye had become infected and he lost oh, vision. Golly, well. We were talking yeah. different medicine than exists today. Sure, 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 sure. Early to, you know, sort of like mid 20th century time frame. Well, because of that accident, he did get some settlement money and he purchased his first aircraft. So right I mean, he got a pretty penny out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, an aircraft weren't quite as expensive back then, I don't believe. Okay. Um, also, you know, not quite as safe as they are now. Several things coming into play there. Yeah. That was a little bit of foreshadowing in oh, that yeah. statement. Well, that was truly the beginning of everything for which he has become known. He and another famous name, another famous Oklahoma name, mm -hmm. Will Rogers, became dear friends. Rogers enlisted Post to help him fly through Alaska in search of new material for his newspaper column. Really? And, and, and I'm not saying this in a negative fashion whatsoever. These two guys were... They were the, the ragged edge of manliness. Yes. And I think they were looking for any excuse they could yeah. to go fly the mostly untamed regions mm -hmm. of Alaska. Yep. Good, good for them. Yeah. So while while uh, Post was piloting the aircraft, fly, flying around from place to place in Alaska, Rogers was just sitting over there writing columns on his typewriter. Yeah. Technically typing, even. Yes, exactly. 
Now, on their final trip together, bad weather had forced them to land in a lagoon. Yes, the plane was fitted with pontoons. Okay. I, I think because of the terrain, far easier to land that way sure. than trying yeah. to find a clearing. Yeah. Well, on takeoff from there, the engine failed, the plane crashed, and both men died instantly. Yes. They are both now buried in Oklahoma, where they are deeply honored and remembered. In fact, our major airport of the state, which is not really a major airport, but it is the biggest one we got. It's international, it's Will, according to the name. Yeah, Will Rogers International Airport. Is it International World Airport? You know, I think it might be. My word. Uh, we also have the Wiley Post Airport. I'm not even sure you can get a direct flight to Dallas from that. Yeah, you can. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we got the, Will Rogers got the big one. Wiley Post had, there's a Wiley Post Airport just northwest of downtown Oklahoma City, yeah. which is a city like municipal, city owned municipal small airport. That's where you want to go if you're trying to smuggle drugs and whatnot. <laughs> Security's a little a bit more lax yeah, up there. A little more loose, yeah. One of the local uh, beer breweries, is that what you call a beer company, mm -hmm. has a hard seltzer called Will and Wiley. Or Wiley and Will. I don't know. This is your story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> One of the two. It's either Will and Wiley or Wiley and Will. It's their hard seltzer. Also, at the Oklahoma City Zoo, they have two grizzly bears in the Oklahoma Trails exhibit. And their names are Will and Wiley. Which was awesome until they mated and they figured out one of them was a girl. <laughs> I made that part up. That part didn't happen. I think they're brothers, actually. So Fair enough. Got that going on. So anyway, there's a lot of Wiley Post info. Yeah, well, I, there's a lot of Wiley Post around here. I know, and I genuinely have been ignorant of it. I just knew that he was some kind of associated with aircraftering. Mm -hmm. I did not know he discovered the jet stream. That's not a word. Aircraftering? I, yeah, that, okay. I totally made that up. But I did not know that he discovered the jet stream. And I certainly did not know until this very day that both he and Will Rogers died in an airplane crash and that they died together. So just as some other tidbits, he may, I think, I think he was the first uh, solo flight around the world, him being the only one in there. Really? Yeah, and then he, hmm, yeah, I think that's right. I think he'd done it once with a navigator, and then he either created and or just installed equipment that allowed him to do it without a navigator, and I think he may have even done it another time and beat his own record. Um, the subsequent attempts, because he really wanted to open a, a flight school, but because of his only sixth grade education. He's having a hard time people mm. trusting and funding that endeavor and, and some of that. But yeah, he did a lot of stuff. And he only had the one eye. He only had the one eye. It's true. Just the right one. Yep. So there's that. 1967. If you find yourself desiring to sit and maybe more specifically on a dock... I would go with you. Even more specifically, a dock of the bay. Okay. Then you'll enjoy some Otis Redding, who today recorded Sitting on the Dock of the Bay. Excellent. That's a great song. Spellcheck does not like sitting. No, it does with not. With an apostrophe and no G. It does not. That's okay. We like it. Yep. Works for me. All right. 1972, Apollo 17 launched... It was the final manned lunar landing mission. 
The crew is credited with taking the famous quote unquote blue marble mm-hmm. photo of the entire earth. So that belonged to that credit given to Apollo 17. Do you know who does not give credit to the crew of Apollo 17? I think you know that I do know. Who is it? It would be the flat earthers. That's right. They have a whole explanation for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't be don't be confused. The original blue marble picture in 72 is not the now popular blue marble image. Really? Or images, rather, series of images that I think it was early 2000s mm. is when those were done. Those were all done from composite of satellite images. So they okay. were not a picture taken. Okay. Um, and that's part of the flat earth mm. question, along with a bunch of good questions of, well, how could it have been? Um, it's mind-numbing to read through that, and I chose not to. Mm-hmm. So Yes, yeah. But if one wanted to, one could give it mm-hmm. a goog. Or if you are... One of you awesomes, if you are a flat earther and you want to explain it, please do so in the Facebook group. If you're embarrassed to attach your name to it, establish a secondary account. And whatever question is asked of you to validate your ability to participate in the group, you just put flat earth in there. We'll (laughs) slip that one right on in and you put your commentary out there. Now watch, there'll be like 50 people that are trying to join with flat earth. Goodness. Oh, man. We got enough... We have enough controversy surges during this time of year without flat earth being brought in. It's never a wrong time to have some flat earth controversy. Trending. Do you want this? No, you do it. You take it. One of the not originally expected outcomes of the ongoing coronavirus pandemic, though it's not a surprising one at all, is that there has been a substantial uptick in pet adoptions. Including us. Including us. We got two. Mm-hmm. Many of these pets have been given names that relate somehow to the pandemic. Okay. Amongst the most popular virus-related names are Covey. I gotta admit, I like that one. It's not bad. Rona. Mm-hmm. Corona. Okay. And then in a very distant fourth place, Fauci. Fauci is kind of a satisfying dog name. Francie looks a little bit like a Fauci. Oh, we missed the boat. We should have named her Fauci. Yeah. She definitely does look like one. Okay. Well, that was a a nice breeze through the importance of December 7th. Or the frivolity of it, however you wish to view it. Now, today is December 7th. It is the Monday of the second week of Advent. Yes. It is also the memorial of St. Ambrose. He's a bishop and a doctor of the church. You've mm-hmm. read a little St. Ambrose in your day. A bit. Not a ton, a little bit. Yeah. When you when we were coming into the church, you read a book that was kind of like an overview, right, of some of the mm. writings of the early church fathers. Yeah, yeah. I read one that was kind of a storyteller's version. Mm-hmm. So it was a softer, it was an easier to breeze through quickly and then I followed up. I've got a book now that's fantastic. I think it is called The Fathers Know Best. I read a lot of other stuff too Mm -hmm. uh, between now and then, but I do now have one. I think it's called The Fathers Know Best. And by topic, whatever whatever thing, especially as as from an outsider's perspective or from an apologist's perspective, would be perhaps a point of contention that exists between Catholics and Protestants, 
you can identify a specific thing and go in and then you can find all of the any any writings that exist from any of the church fathers yes. along that line and now you got me going on that and I can't shut up it's uh it's not from the perspective that you know well the catholics have found all these other people to create their religion for them it's that's not what this is that's not how it's received either it's it's to look at things that were communicated amongst the church leaders mm-hmm. to validate what what exactly were they doing back then uh, to maybe show you what are some of the first historical examples of one of you know some piece of doctrine some some belief being exercised not somebody proclaiming it mm-hmm. but how far back can we find it in mm, practice and right. so it's pretty fascinating from that perspective yeah that's good good stuff Okay, well, the first reading uh, for today is, again, from Isaiah. This is Isaiah chapter 35, and it's verses 1 through 10. All right. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. The desert and the parched land will exult. The steppe will rejoice and bloom. Or is that steppy? I don't ever know how to pronounce that. It's steppe. Okay. Will rejoice and bloom. They will bloom with abundant flowers and rejoice with joyful song. The glory of Lebanon will be given to them. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon. They will see the glory of the Lord. The splendor of our God. Strengthen the hands that are feeble. Make firm the knees that are weak. Say to those whose hearts are frightened, be strong, fear not. Here is your God. He comes with vindication, with divine recompense. He comes to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened, the ears of the deaf be cleared. Then will the lame leap like a stag, and the tongue of the mute will sing. Streams will burst forth in the desert, and rivers in the steppe. Or steppy, if you prefer it that way. Okay. Both places will mm, have mm-hmm. the rivers. Yes, all the rivers. The burning sands will become pools, and the thirsty ground of springs, the thirsty ground springs of water. The abode where jackals lurk will be a marsh for the reed and papyrus. A highway will be there called the Holy Way. No one unclean may pass over it, nor fools go astray on it. No lion will be there, nor beast of prey go up to be met upon it. It is for those with a journey to make, and on it the redeemed will walk. Those whom the Lord has ransomed will return and enter Zion singing, crowned with everlasting joy. They will meet with joy and gladness. Sorrow sorrow and mourning will flee. 
Okay, so again, in the second week of Advent, we are uh, looking at the idea of peace, um, beginning with yesterday's readings and, and with the Sunday lighting of the candle, the candle for peace. And so I love that in Isaiah, there is, there's a lot packed into here, but it continues on with this theme of when Christ comes, when the Messiah comes, that things will be returned and restored to the original way that God envisioned for them to be. And even more so like the idea of streams bursting forth in the desert, like where there, wherever there is dry, wherever there is not life, mm-hmm. that life bursts in, even in the most unexpected places, even in the places that seem most impossible. Yes. And speaking of the impossible, uh, packed right into the center of this passage from Isaiah is that the eyes of the blind will be opened, the ears of the deaf will be cleared, the lame will leap like a stag, and the tongue of the mute will sing. So certainly, as we think about the ancient scriptures being written, mm-hmm. it is only a miraculous intervention that could bring about restoration, full restoration to the working order of the human body. Yes, And so... Yeah, there's just this continual theme of restoration. We have to know, too, that thinking and dwelling on this idea of things being made right. Do you think this also dually speaks physically, but also like spiritually, spiritually, mentally as well? Yes, exactly. Yes, it's almost. Did you take a peek at the gospel? I didn't. Okay. Honestly, I am completely unprepared for today. Yeah. I'm... You are my Advent crunch, crutch, crunch. <laughs> I like, crutch. I like being Advent crunch, honestly. Okay. It sounds like a delicious cereal. <laughs> Just you wait till we get to the gospel. Okay. All right. The response is uh, from Psalm 85. If you would like to read through that, or I can either, either way. way. Uh, Dangerous you, choice. You go ahead. Okay. I will hear what God proclaims, the Lord, for he proclaims peace to his people. Near indeed is his salvation to those who fear him, glory dwelling in our land. Kindness and truth shall meet, justice and peace shall kiss. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and justice shall look down from heaven. The Lord himself will give his benefits. Our land shall yield its increase. Justice shall walk before him and salvation along the way of his steps. Yeah. So again, not even stopping at the idea of things being restored to how they were meant to be, but also just like abundance, like not only restoration, but also just like yes. so much more yes. than could have been envisioned. Or than could be imagined. That could have even been imagined. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and again, this response starts with, I will hear what God proclaims the Lord, for he proclaims peace for his people. Um, okay, so the gospel, we are over in the gospel of St. Luke for today's gospel reading. It comes from Luke 5, verses 17 through 26. This will be a very familiar passage, a story from the Gospels that if you um, are, if you grew up in Christianity. you're not a pagan. (laughs) What? If you grew up in Christianity, most any flavor of Christianity, this is probably a story that you heard from the time that you were a small child. David and Goliath. Nope. We're in the Gospels. It's a different book. It's a different book, okay? Different different half of the, yep. Okay. All of that, of course, I'm kidding. 
I hope you know that. I do know that. I know where I know where the stories are. <laughs> <laughs> One day, as Jesus was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law, who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, were sitting there, and the power of the Lord was with him for healing. And some men brought on a stretcher, a man who was paralyzed. They were trying to bring him in and set him in his presence, but not finding a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on the stretcher through the tiles into the middle in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, as for you, your sins are forgiven. Then the scribes and Pharisees began to ask themselves, who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who but God alone can forgive sins? Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them in reply, What are you thinking in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the one who was paralyzed, I say to you, rise up, or rather rise, pick up your stretcher and go home. He stood up immediately before them, picked up what he had been lying on, and went home, glorifying God. Then astonishment seized them all, and they glorified God. And struck with awe, they said, We have seen incredible things today. That doesn't seem like a very awestruck statement, but... We have seen I guess incredible things probably, today. There's yeah, probably something lost in translation. <laughs> Exclamation point at the end doesn't make it quite as yeah. exclamatory as it probably was. Yeah, that's true. Uh, now, St. Luke was a doctor. Yes. So maybe he just takes a very, like, reserved scientific approach right. to telling the story. Right. Almost a legal language mm -hmm. kind of approach. We have seen great things today. Okay, so... <laughs> sorry, St. Luke. Yeah, sorry. Just kidding with you. Um, so... I mean, in fairness, the, the biggest portion of disconnect is probably as it's brought into Old English and right. then the variants coming more current from there. Definitely, definitely. Okay, so here we have Jesus, the Messiah, in the role of healing. Again, hearkening back to one of many prophecies about the Messiah. Messiah. Hmm. Good, we're good with words today. Sounds like you're doing an episode of Family Guy over here. <laughs> the Messiah? Uh, that passage from Isaiah talking about, you know, the, the mute can speak, that the blind can see, mm -hmm. the deaf can hear, and the lame can walk. And so here we have this picture of Christ fulfilling that in the presence, not only of the crowds, but of the teachers, the, the Pharisees and the scribes. The critics. The critics who, you know, in their capacity as the leaders of God's people were skeptical about yeah. like, what are you doing? Yes, How they, dare they you say duty. this? They had a duty to do that. It was truly blasphemy because until Christ came, it was blasphemy to them, not for mm -hmm. Jesus to say right, that. Right, right. <laughs> to them, what they were hearing was blasphemy because the Old Testament is extremely clear on the fact that it is only God who forgives sins. And so to have what they could only see with their human eyes as a human being standing before them saying, today your sins are forgiven, um, it was very appalling to them. Mm -hmm. And so uh, to further give evidence that he wasn't just a blasphemer, that he wasn't, you know, just making all of this up, he does perform this 
particular miracle in their presence um, and in the presence of the crowd to give a sign to them also sets up for us what Christianity has long understood to be that healing is needed physically in our human bodies and also spiritually. Yes, and even the, the two often are connected. Exactly. So in the Catholic Church, the sacrament of confession is one of the healing sacraments. Yes. And so there's this very deep connection between the idea that when we confess our sins and we receive forgiveness and um, we uh, are penitential and in fact have an active penance, that all of that is for us to receive the healing that we need desperately, that sin I could talk about confession for a long time because I... As you have. You've taught it. I teach this class for our RCIA groups. It's a very deep honor to get to do that. But I have a lot of words on it. I will try not to use all of them right now. But this really sets up the stage for uh, for God's people to understand that when we sin, that it is something that affects both us and uh, our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so we have a need for our own spiritual healing, but we need to have repair in our relationship with God. And so many, many, many times in the Gospels, when Christ brings healing to someone, he you almost always have the verbiage that goes with it, that your sins are forgiven, now this. Your yeah. sins are forgiven, now this healing. Your sins are forgiven, now this miracle. Or you're healed, now go sin no more. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And also... That feels like the short end of the straw. Because <laughs> there's that extra, well, now, now don't do it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... I have to wonder if those who experienced Christ fully in his humanity and experienced a direct uh, healing or interaction with him, going back to what Julian said, uh, Julian of Norwich says that, you know, we only sin because we are blind to who God is. That if you experienced Christ in his flesh, in in his presence, that that might have been, you know, like an eye-opening enough experience to not have that desire anymore. Like indeed you're there. I'm going to say one more thing and then feel free to take off on any of this that you want. But this really also sets the stage for the fact that we have from the old Testament that God alone can forgive sins. We have Christ in his capacity at at the fullness of the Godhead bodily, of course can forgive sin, but this sets the stage for apostolic succession. And again, what we as Catholics believe uh, gives the, what's the word that I'm looking for? The capacity for priests to hear confession, to be the sort of conduit. Um, I feel like there's a specific word I'm looking for. I feel like there is too, but it's it has escaped me. Mm. Okay, maybe it'll come to me, maybe it won't. But basically it's like I mean, sort of... That and also the fact that there's explicit language yes. biblically that says, yep, now you can do this too. Right, exactly. So this this moment of Christ's healing ministry is sort of the bridge between only God can and then the uh, the priests in their role as priests sitting in persona Christe can offer yes. uh, the, the forgiveness that comes from God. Does that make sense what I'm saying? That this well, is like sort me, of a bridge? You're time? also looking at the choir here okay. as you preach. Okay, so those are a lot of words, but you... I'm sure have many. I have, I have just some some framing things to consider. Yeah. It's so easy 
for anybody familiar that has grown up familiar with Bible to overlook some very important context. Okay. And so if you want to think about the era, the time in which all of this that we've read in the New Testament occurred, well, there was no Bible. Right. There was no any book written yet. All of that happened after his death. And so the Gospels, they aren't there to say, oh, look, Jesus healed somebody and forgave their sins. I mean, they are in, in one sense to say that. But more importantly, the, the, a large percentage of the crowd, just as were the, the spiritual leaders that came to hear Christ, well, they were Jews. Mm-hmm. They they did have the Old Testament, mm-hmm. and anybody that was in a position of leadership within the church had memorized yes. the entirety mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. And what's important, Christ's ministry was three-ish years uh, before crucifixion, yeah. resurrection, and, and all those good things. Um, he had three years to fulfill thousands of years of prophecy. And so much of what the New Testament is, along with teachings and parables and sermons that Christ shared, it's it's very vividly pointing out, this is where he fulfilled this prophecy. This mm. is where he fulfilled this one. And that's part of the reason that Isaiah, which is a prophecy book, is tied for us to this reading mm-hmm. from the gospel because it is showing the fulfillment of very old prophecy, establishing the Jewish people were waiting for a Christ, yes. a Messiah to save them. And then the final message at the at the completion of the gospel is that Jesus is the Christ. Yes. Yeah, that's fantastic context to add in. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Anything else? I think that's it. Okay. I also, again, I will just highlight one more time. I'll mm-hmm. probably do it more than one more time as days go by. Okay. Um, it's easy to read those original prophecies and assume in today's day and age that we're still looking forward to the fulfillment. Right. But again, it was in Christ's lifetime that there are still some things that would not yet be 100% fulfilled, but it was begun there. And it wasn't that it was the expectation that he would fulfill them in his lifetime, that there will be a second coming and some things like that, but that healing and, and, Vision and hearing and all of these things are now, again, twofold, Mm -hmm. physically and spiritually, mentally, these things, they began with him. They are ongoing now. They Mm. will come to completion at a future time. Yes. That's another great point. Thank you. All right. Should we roll? I think we should. Watch, read, Mm -hmm. listen, life, style. Mm -hmm. It's important. That's two words. Everyone should know this. Every time. What are you going to watch? What did you watch? Okay. We did it. We finished Supernatural. We did. It is not good theology. No, no. Uh, Pretty (laughs) terrible theology. I feel weird talking about it on the heels of an Advent discussion because... It's it. I wouldn't even call it theology. It's no. it's pretty goofy, but it was an entertaining show. And you know the thing about supernatural is it's always it's always played with biblical concepts. Yes, the, from the beginning because there's this 
idea that the the unseen the supernatural whatever it's the realm of god and angels and satan and or lucifer and demons, demons and, and all the things yes so it's always played real fast and loose with some of those concepts grabbing a thing here and there uh to to pull out and play with but by no means has right, it ever right. been on track well it, all of this has played together for millennia yes because people for millennia have whether it's been yeah. Jews, Christians, but any other, all of the religions, all of the world religions over time have always looked to the unexplainable in a spiritual way. Yeah. So we, we watched... Vampires. Vampires, I'm telling you. <laughs> Vampires. Yes. We did. We made it through the end. Do you think it was a satisfying ending? It was... A, I, I can't imagine how else they could have ended. I agree. 15 years of programming. 15 years of full, again, started when, what, Daisy was a baby, I guess, because yeah. she's 15, when television seasons for sure were 20 to 22 episodes per season. Mm -hmm. And so that's a lot of television making, a lot of storytelling. I think for... For 15 years worth of story, I agree with you. The ending brings it to... Satisfactory. Satisfaction. Uh, even to the point of appreciating that they didn't try to epic pinnacle ending because there's just simply no way to do that after 15 years. Yeah. They, they made the intelligent choice. Yeah. Yeah, the last two episodes definitely work in tandem together uh, in terms of the penultimate episode, the one before the finale, really ties up so many loose ends. Yeah. Uh, and again, in a very satisfactory way. And... Yeah, I'm not going to talk about it that much more because I might cry. I full-on ugly cried while it was... It's true. While we were watching I it. I filmed it, and for the low, low price of $19.99, you two can have this footage. Not really. It would cost a lot more than that. You know, I got emotional, not because Supernatural is like, oh my gosh, this is such beautiful writing, and this is just yeah, like high art. goodbye to friends. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, we did it. We finished it. Indeed. Yes. What made the people read? Well, if you want to know more about Wiley Post and who doesn't, right. uh, Bob he had an eye patch. <laughs> he did. Of course he did. He Basically, lost an eye. He was an air pirate. <laughs> well, Bob Burke has written a biography called From Oklahoma to Eternity that you could check out. But also, don't forget, we talked about this book. Yes, The Fathers Know Best. And look who it's by. I know it's by your boy, Jimmy Aiken. Jimmy is a very intelligent man. Jimmy, I believe, was a Protestant pastor that converted to Catholicism. He has since joined the staff at Catholic Answers, which is an apologetic mm -hmm. or apologist's uh, multimedia thing. They have uh, radio shows. They have YouTube videos. And a great website is it. Catholic.com? Is that the website? I think it website? is just Catholic.com. If anybody's Catholic curious, as as we still are from time to time, um, you can type in about any question you want there and start down a trail of figuring out some some correct answers yeah. rather than, well, my plumber's first wife was a Catholic and she said this. Because that's usually not a good guide <laughs> to what a group believes. Yep, I'm just going to leave that statement there. The subtitle, I mean, there's just so many things to say. Yeah. Um, the subtitle for The Fathers Know Best is Your Essential Guide to Understanding the Early Church Fathers. So, yeah. like, yeah. yeah, there's, I like the fact that it's separated out by topic. Yes. Growing up evangelical as we did, we were literally like, what are church fathers? 
Well, what do you mean by that? <laughs> and and yes and no because I can recall I can recall sermons on both sides. One where they would quote mm-hmm. from one of the early fathers to lend to whatever point it was or yeah. points that were trying to be made, but then in subsequent sermons to hear well, you know, you got to be really careful reading anything that's not the Bible. And I, you know, almost like, well, I'm a pastor. I'm responsible enough to read it, but you you should stay away from it. Right. A very, we had a very tenuous relationship at best with yeah. this group of mythical figures whom we knew so little of. The subtext that we didn't understand at the time is you got to be careful reading the church fathers. You yeah. might become Catholic. You might just Catholic on yourself. Gosh. What? <laughs> Okay, listening. Otis Redding. Uh, listen to him. He's Did fantastic. You, yes. Even if it's only sitting on the dock of the bay, but he has a good library. Excellent, yes. I can tell you all that, you know, I've gone through this phase this year in 2020 of getting into lo-fi music. Yeah. There is a, at least one, if not a handful of Christmas lo-fi playlists on Spotify. Put one on earlier. We didn't make it very far in. They're not very joy-filled. The whole <laughs> lo-fi not. aspect kind of brings that yeah. energy down. So. I might hurt myself this Christmas. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a positive place. Yeah. So thought I'd make mention of that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you're you know into that kind of thing and maybe you're feeling too happy. Mm. If you're feeling too happy, you should just... Milk that milk moment. It. Yeah, there's not that many two happies in 2020. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yes. All right. Well, lifestyle. Lifestyle. This is the first year I have pulled this off. I speaking of feeling too happy, I am delighted. As you should be. That I was able to bring this all together. So as we sit here, it is still. As the, we record. As we sit here and record. It is still the Feast of St. Nicholas. Yes. Uh, so the day started with, I did get those chocolate coins for the children. They found them in their shoes this morning, also with their now shoes. Now we don't have to sell them into slavery. <laughs> Thanks, St. Nicholas. Yeah. Um, also with their shoes, everybody had a pair of new Christmas jammies. We can call them St. Nicholas jammies. Yes. Uh, I'm wearing mine right now. I am not. I know. The tw- the kids, especially the twins, really wanted everybody, yeah. including dad, to be in the Christmas jammies all day. But um, dad, just like, no. Well, my reward is getting to watch you wear yours. Oh, mm-hmm. nice. What nobody realizes because of camera angle is that your pajamas end at the belly button. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> um, but everybody seemed pretty pleased with their Christmas they jammies. Did. They and I did. I feel pleased about that. They put them on immediately, which we were in a little bit of a bind to yes, be ready to... to go to mass on time. Yes. Um, so we had to rush out. So they were very eager to get right back into them. Yes. 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 So anyway, I've never been able to do that. And I just feel like really thrilled to have gotten that all together this year. But what were the boys calling them? Kajamas. Kajamas. Yes. yes. It, it took a disturbingly long amount of time to get that correct. Yes. I'm not 100% that we're there yet. Once the twins decide on a pronunciation of something, it is like that. They are locked into yeah. that. So, uh, But also, this Feast of St. Nicholas, you prepared an honest-to-goodness feast for we, us that we are still stuffed from. Uh, I feel so tick-like. Yes. It was a lot. Do we want to detail through it? Give us a little rundown okay. of the menu. We got a, a fresh... Loaf of sourdough bread, mm-hmm. sliced, toasted. That we we found a butter from like the south of France or something. It 
it's like the creamiest. Mm, perfection. Oh, it, it was incredible butter. We still had some of the berry bourbon yes. jelly left over from the other day. That came in. We also bought a fig something mm -hmm. jelly as well to go with that. And then Bella Vita uh -huh. espresso, espresso yes. cheese mm -hmm. that was a delightful kind of sharpness in there to counteract the sweetness of the other. That was kind of the pre-meal meal. And then we did uh, shrimp clams. What was Clam strips. Clam yeah. strips, mm -hmm. yes. Um, found a gorgeous bone-in ribeye that we'd cooked up. And everybody just kind of a little bit of everything through there. Had a little bit more of the, the sourdough toast with that. Um, and I'd put, also I'd put, uh, for that second batch of toast, we did Parmesan, oh gosh, what all, rosemary, thyme, parsley, I feel like something else even, I can't remember, so it was, it was something. Yes. And then we did a angel hair pasta, and I did the, the semi-cheaters version of a red sauce. Mm -hmm. Um, our, our little local grocery store carries a few really solid sauces, mm -hmm. but then I usually will add in, I'll, I'll cut up another onion and some fresh garlic, um, mushrooms, put some red wine in there, Yes. Um, a little bit of balsamic, a little bit of lemon juice, just a bunch of things to bring a little bit more life to it, oh and then gosh. dump that sauce over the top of all that after it's cooked and stir it in it's very hearty yes very very potent flavor that was like the pinnacle of the meal it was, it was pretty so good. good i saw people dip in their shrimp in it and i might have been one of them yes it was good it was good 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 and then we had a, a little cheesecake a little uh, oh my gosh a bailey's yeah irish cream cheesecake yep. thing is good a delightful coffee mm -hmm. from somewhere where coffee is grown was that everything? Had a wine in there somewhere in the mix. Might have had a, a scotch early on in the mix. It, it took several hours to it was definitely, embarrass ourselves. Yes, definitely embarrass ourselves. A day-long enjoyment of all of that. Yeah. So, yeah. It was a good well, day today. Is so, that everything? I think so. Okay. Well, have an awesome today, would you? Please do. Bye-bye. Bye. With a sixth grade education and only one eye, Wiley Post made the world a better place. No pressure. Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.